the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. We are so glad that you're hanging out with us noon to 3 Eastern. Now, look, I know, I know, I know there are plenty of other choices you can make it's sort of like it's sort of like the um the line at the piccadilly cafeteria right Uh, there are a lot of different choices you can make and you guys have uh, decided to hang out with us and we are incredibly grateful for that uh noon to three eastern uh, we are one of the fastest growing talk radio programs in america and it's really because of you and the word of mouth you know we're not some sort of a great big giant corporation like iHeart or Cumulus, uh, what we do here, we do grassroots, and uh, we are always so thankful for that. All right, uh, we've got a lot going on today. Uh, Senator James Langford is going to be here from the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, He'll be here this hour to talk about what happened yesterday afternoon. And it is a a very dangerous thing that the, the United States Senate has done. So there is a piece of legislation called the Respect for Marriage Act, but it really has nothing to do with that at all. Uh, the fact of the matter is, gay marriage is the law of the land. All right, that the Supreme Court already decided that. The Supreme Court decided they were going to redefine what God had already defined, and that is that. But now, but now, the Congress and the Congress is being motivated here by radical, radical LGBT activists. And I want to preface everything I'm about to share with you with this. Not every gay person in America supports the Respect for Marriage Act. Not every lesbian supports this. Not every – you could go down the uh, the alphabet list. So we're talking about a, a small, radicalized group of people because this is not about protecting same-sex marriage. This is not about protecting interracial marriage. This is about punishing the church. That's what this is all about here, folks. And it is a very, very dangerous thing that happened yesterday. Senator Mike Lee um, of Utah was one of three senators, Marco Rubio and James Langford, the other two, who offered amendments that would have specifically protected religious liberty. Because when you when you go to the 
when you go to the people who created this piece of legislation, they're saying, oh, no, 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 this has nothing to do with the church. Uh, this has nothing to do with you, small business owner, if you're a Christian. We're not going to target you. Uh, it's just assumed that you're going to be protected in this. Well, that's not good because assumptions don't work under the law. And we know, going back to Barack Hussein Obama, who evolved on the issue of marriage, remember what Obama said after Obergefell and and gay marriage became the law of the land. Remember what he said. He said, this is not going to impact you. It's not going to impact your family, not going to impact your church. You do you, and the gays will do the gays. That's what that was all about. Well, we now know that wasn't true. That was a lie. And we know that because of the many court cases that have been filed against good and decent Christian business owners who just want to live their lives in, in privacy. They want to, they want to make their cakes. They want to take the photographs. They want to plan the weddings. They don't want to be involved in some sort of a massive national culture war. And yet these radical LGBT activists have been out there since since Obergfeld became the law of the land. They've been out there intentionally seeking out these Christian small business owners, and they've been through hell. And all you have to do is look at a guy by the name of Jack Phillips from Colorado. And Mr. Phillips His case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court actually sided with Mr. Phillips. And what happened? As soon as he got back home, another gay person was at the front door filing a lawsuit. It's relentless. They want to punish you. If you do not obey these radical LGBT activists, they will destroy your life. That's it. And so... When any right-thinking person was reading through this legislation and you realize, holy cow, there are presumed protections, but there are not actual protections for people of faith, that's a problem. So Senator Mike Lee uh, offered up an amendment, and the amend- all the amendment would do – and by the way, Senator Lee said, I'm, if, if you add this amendment, I will vote for this. So he's, this is not about gay marriage, and it's not. And hear me, this is not about gay marriage. This is about stopping radicals from attacking your church and your synagogue. Take a listen. In the hope that we can come to a place where we respect each other, I have offered an amendment to this legislation that would explicitly minimize the threats to these religious organizations and individuals. I'm at the table. I'm willing to compromise. And in the spirit of compromise, I've publicly stated, and I reiterate here again today, that I will support the legislation if my amendment is adopted. My amendment simply prohibits the federal government from discriminating against schools, businesses, and organizations based on their religious beliefs about same-sex marriage. That's all it does. My amendment prevents the Internal Revenue Service, among other things, from revoking the tax-exempt status of these charities and organizations simply because they act according to their beliefs about the divine purpose of marriage. It prevents the Department of Education from targeting schools with honor codes based on the fact that they've got provisions in their honor codes based on religious beliefs. It protects individuals from being denied business licenses or grants or other statuses based on their views about marriage. 
It protects Americans who wish to add, who wish to act according to their religious beliefs, from being forced to abandon their God-given mandates to love, serve, and care for the poor, the orphan, and the refugee. If we allow the government to threaten their ability to do so, then the religious liberty of every American is in peril. As I said, Madam President, we must be willing to compromise to protect the interests of all. I urge my colleagues to support my amendment, which would assure that all Americans would have certain rights and that that their religious beliefs and their moral convictions will be explicitly protected and provide some comfort that Congress is not purposely passing laws that restrict the free exercise of religion. All right. Uh, so there you had Senator Lee, and it was a pretty reasonable thing here. And the, the senator is saying, hey, let's just compromise. We're not taking anything away from – we're not taking a single thing away from what this legislation is going to do. We just want to make sure that you're not going to be able to use this to go after churches and religious organizations. And you know what happened? They voted it down. They voted down the senator's amendment. And that, ladies and gentlemen, showed us the true nature of the so-called Disrespect for Marriage Act. It has nothing to do with marriage. It has everything to do with punishing Christians and anybody else who who does not believe in same-sex marriage. And by the way, up until a few years ago, that was about 90% of the entire world. So the question now is, what happens next? Well, the, the legislation has to go back to the House. The House will approve it, and then it goes directly to the desk of Joe Biden, who will sign this into law. So there's really nothing we can do about it now. All The point of this conversation is to warn you about what's about to happen to your local church, religious organizations, and your pastors, because Senator Lee is correct. This this legislation will allow the radical activist to go after every church that refuses to host a gay marriage ceremony or any sort of an LGBTQIA plus event. Your church doesn't want to host a drag queen story hour. Guess what? You could wind up in, in court over that. So it, it has now placed a target on the backs of every Christian, every religious group in America. And you need to be aware of that because it is a very dangerous thing. And there's really not much we can do about it. What we will do, though, on this program is we will stand alongside any church that gets sued. We will stand alongside any American citizen, any small Christian business owner who gets attacked. And keep in mind, keep in mind, these small business owners are not going out of their way to attack gay people. No, no, no. The activists are seeking these people out. These are predators. These activists are predators. And they want to destroy you. And I, you say, how do you know? Because they tried to do it to me. They've been doing it for over a decade. But you know what? I stand up to the bullies. And we're going to stand up to the bullies on this radio program. It's a shameful thing they're doing this. But this is the reality. This is the fact that elections have consequences. And we're going to get into the elections. What's happening in Arizona right now is a travesty. But may I say, we're once again blanking it up. And it bothers me that we keep doing this. 
why is it that you, we all saw what was happening and nobody did anything about it? And why is that? Well, it's because because the Republican Party is at war with itself right now. And so nobody wants to do what's best for the country. Everybody wants to do what's best for their side in the Civil War, which is why you've got Turtle McConnell over there now saying they're going to capitulate with the with the Democrat they're going to capitulate to the Democrats and they're going to wave the white flag and they're going to vote for this massive spending bill and may I just ask a question here um, and I want to I want to circle back to the this this disrespect for marriage act for just a moment you've got twelve Republicans that joined the Democrats to pass this thing oh I'm going to give you their names hang tight on that I'm going to give you their names but here's my question. If the Republican Party have decided that they're going to be social liberals now, and, and there's no difference between the Democrats and the Republicans on some of the key culture issues of the day, and if the Republican Party is going to side along with the and go along with the Democrats and raise the debt ceiling, they're not going to be fiscal conservatives anymore. Could someone explain to me and our vast listening audience what's the difference between a Republican and a Democrat? I mean, honestly, if we're if we're going down this path where there is no difference, I mean, what's the point? And this is this is the problem with the Republicans. They don't have a moral center. The Republicans are wishy washy. They they go where the wind blows. And it's not just on the national level. I've seen this take place on the state and the local level. They just want to get along. As long as you know they they love campaign season because it's sort of like a, the social event every couple of years, and they have their little cocktail parties, and they they put up candidates who are nominal nominal at best Republicans, and they lose, but they have a good time. Hey, don't get me wrong, the Republicans, you folks throw some some really great parties. And you campaign pretty decently, too. But you know what? You govern like crap. And I don't know how else to say it. And by the way, uh, you've got folks like Kevin McCarthy out there, and and I don't believe he the, the guy does not deserve to be Speaker of the House. Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, I am one of the few people in conservative talk radio who is willing to say that, and you want to know why? You want to know why some of the big dogs, and you see them on Fox News. They've got shows on Fox News. You want to know why they're not speaking out against Kevin McCarthy? Is because they play golf together. They go to the cocktail parties together. They're all in it together. You know what? I This is, this is what I do here, folks. I'm not reading off anybody else's talking points. I pay my taxes, just like you do, and it angers me. When I see what's happening up in Washington, D.C., I know I, yes, Grace, I know I'm rambling, but you got to bear with me for a few moments here. So was I surprised when a dozen Republicans said, you know what, we're just going to, we're going to evolve on this issue. You th- you, uh, no, I wasn't surprised. These are the senators who just put a target on the backs of every church, every Christian in America. And I want to read these names to you so you can know. And you should remember this when they are up for re-election. Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Capito, Susan Collins, you folks in Maine, you ought to be disgusted right now. Jody Ernst in Iowa, you folks at KXEL, what the heck? Cynthia Loomis, Lisa Murkowski, well, we knew she's a Democrat. Rob Portman from Ohio, Willard Mitt Romney, 
What may I just say something? What a sleaze bag. May I just say this? God saved America by letting him lose. Could you imagine what this country would look like with Willard Mitt Romney in the White House? The better option was Barack Hussein Obama. And you know what? It was the better option. At least we know where Obama stands on crap. Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis, Todd Young. Those are the Republicans who sided with the Democrats. They're screaming at me now to take a break. And we are 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. You guys have helped build MyPillow into an incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set made with USA cotton comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98, now just $39.98 with my promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call one 800 839 and use the promo code STARNS. Or go to MyPillow.com slash STARNS. That's MyPillow.com slash STARNS and use the promo code STARNS. Welcome back, everybody, to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Happy to have you with us today, 844-747-8868. That's our phone number. Uh, let's go to the phone line, Sendersonville, North Carolina. Dan on the line. Hey, Dan, what's on your mind? Well, I agree uh, uh, with you on your attitude toward our Republicans. I, I'm, I'm unaffiliated. I have voted pretty consistency consistent over the years for Republicans. However, uh, Burr, he's gone anyway unless he's lying to us. And tell us I wouldn't vote for him uh, ever again. I've had problems with Tillis all the way his, his uh, census for last election. And I got to tell you, these Republicans... I voted for all Republicans this time, but these uh, Republicans going to have to show me something in the next two years, or <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. I think we need a conservative party instead of Republicans. Well, Dan, I, I will tell you this. Um, I, at some point, you just have to wonder, okay, what is the what, is, what are the true differences between the Republicans and the Democrats? The only thing I can see is the Democrats actually keep their word. Uh, the Democrats actually deliver on their campaign promises. The Republicans, well, it's a crapshoot. You never know if they're gonna if they're gonna do what they say they're gonna do or not. So in in some in some ways, Democrats actually have more integrity than Republicans do, and that angers me. So look, uh, Dan, I appreciate the call there, and I, you, you hate to say that, but maybe maybe this is sort of an intervention. But I'm with Donald Trump. If Mitch McConnell backs this 
if if Mitch McConnell backs the elimination of the debt ceiling, I say they ought to impeach Mitch McConnell. But again, it's how many times have we told our senators, do not pick Mitch McConnell. You need new leadership. And what do they do? They go right back to Turtle. Uh, and they're expecting, what, something else to happen? No. These guys are conservative Democrats. That's what they are. They're not Republicans. At best, they're conservative Democrats. Oh, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. There's no doubt the nation is facing a financial crisis because of the Biden administration's economic policies. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and no doubt our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you are vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, physical. It's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold, and they can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship the gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can actually fit inside a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. It's a great big mess over in Arizona, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. want to bring you up to speed on what's happening in Georgia with the Senate race next Tuesday is the, the runoff election between Warnock and Herschel Walker. And we can now tell you that Donald Trump is not going to be campaigning in the state of Georgia. And it's Laura Ingram asked Walker about this. And by the way, Herschel's supposed to be on our show tomorrow. I would not hold your breath, but uh, fingers crossed he actually shows up this time. Uh, but anyway, uh, Laura Ingram uh, on a Fox News Channel yesterday asked Herschel Walker about what's the deal here? Why, why isn't Trump? And he sort of, he, he didn't really, he didn't want to answer the question. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, Newt Gingrich says, quote, quote, and I'm going to read this quote to you from Speaker Newt. He says, I think Trump would be more effective if he did it by phone, suggesting that Trump uh, participate in an automated phone call to Republican voters uh, the night before the election. Gingrich compared the hypothetical get-out-the-vote call to what Trump did for Glenn Youngkin in 2021. Keep in mind, uh, Trump did not campaign in Virginia during that gubernatorial race. And the Republicans in Georgia are concerned that having Trump on stage could be problematic, and it could actually turn voters away from Donald Trump. Is that true, Georgia listeners? Is that true? Would you would you like to see Trump out stumping for Herschel Walker? Seems to me you would need all hands on deck. But apparently, they say they're going to get a bigger bang for their buck with Brian Kemp out there campaigning, the governor of Georgia, who really just smoked Stacey Abrams in that gubernatorial race. One re-election. 
But people are a little concerned. Uh, there's been record historic turnout in early voting. A lot of young people are getting out to vote, and that normally does not bode well for the Republicans. Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock is running an ad featuring a video clip of Trump praising Herschel and the words, Stop Donald Trump, Stop Herschel Walker, pop up on the screen. A person close to the Walker campaign, talking to Politico, by the way, uh, speaking on the condition of anonymity about Georgia's complicated dynamic with Trump, said the campaign has not asked Trump to visit the state and Trump has not asked to come. So it's sort of like, I don't know, the Cold War. <laughs> you've got you've got a stalemate and, and the state of Georgia is the, the, the neutral zone. The campaign is up against Warnock's fundraising machine. Democrats have outspent Republicans the last three weeks by more than double, so far running $34 million in runoff ads compared to $13.8 million from the GOP. All right, where's all the money going? Seriously. I mean, we get the, I don't know about you guys, but my email is flooded, flooded with, with ads asking for donations. Where's the money going, Republicans? Good grief. The Republican effort to flip the Georgia Senate seat has also featured intra-party bickering between Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Rick Scott. The two senators clashed at times throughout the midterm elections, though their feud came to a head just after November 8th when Scott unsuccessfully challenged McConnell for caucus leader. Governor Brian Kemp, meanwhile, has been Walker's star surrogate in recent weeks. He's been cutting ads, attending campaign events, appeared in mailers, and loaned his field operation to McConnell's Senate Leadership Fund to support Walker in the runoff. By the way, Walker now catching a little bit of fire because uh, on the stump yesterday, or it could have been Monday, he um, mentioned that he was he was from Texas and lived in Texas. And, of course, that just raises an interesting question here. You know, if, in fact, you are from Texas, why are you running for the Georgia Senate seat? It's a fair question. Quote, I live in Texas. That's what Herschel Walker said in a speech just the other day. And now people are raising questions about his residency status. But, again, when... The Senate race first started. There were plenty of great, rock-solid, conservative Trump Republicans running for the U.S. Senate in Georgia, born and raised in Georgia, who live in Georgia. But that wasn't good enough. They had to have the name recognition. So I hope it all works out next week for Herschel. He took the weekend off, by the way. Didn't want to campaign, I guess. You know, it's a holiday weekend. A Raphael Warnock campaigned but not um, the Republican side. Ted Cruz is out there. Also, um, you've got Tim Scott from South Carolina, and they're out there, bus tour all over the state. I will say this. I think the campaign is just a bit, it's in a bit of turmoil right now. And I'll have more to say about that after the race on Tuesday. Now, the question is, does a candidate have to live in the state they are running to represent? And uh, interesting thing here, they do not. So if you people in Georgia wanted to, if there was somebody from Vermont and they wanted to run for Senate in Georgia, they would be allowed to do that under the Constitution. So there's no, there's no legality there. 
However, Mr. Walker reported that uh, he does have a Georgia residence that has generated rental income. So he's got property in Georgia. Uh, Whether or not he lives there, who knows? But again, it's a moot point because from a legal standpoint, it's just not a big deal. So how do you folks feel in Georgia about this race on Tuesday? I mean, it seems to me this thing is really tenuous at best for the Republicans. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Charlie Kirk, (laughs) this is great. So he was on with Steve Bannon and again, it's just hard to keep up with folks, right? Um, they're telling us the election was stolen, the voting is rigged, and so what happens? Nobody goes to vote because if you're telling if you're telling the voters ahead of time that the election is going to be stolen and the voting is going to be rigged, people are going to stay home. Now they've been telling us in the aftermath of the the midterm elections that the elections were stolen, ballot boxes were not worked, whatever. All right. Well, now they've got a new angle here, uh, cut number five. Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate news, Steve, is in Arizona, Republicans had a greater taper from 2020 than Democrats did. I want you to think about that, that more people stayed at home that were Republicans. Now, that's because of these issues, obviously, the the lines and the disenfranchising. But 400,000 people that showed up for Donald Trump or voted for Donald Trump in 2020 Uh, did not show up or vote for the midterm election. Now, I believe it's because a lot of people do not trust the system. Okay, so what does that mean? Republicans will never, ever, 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 ever win again in Arizona, right? I mean, is that what you're saying? All they had to do was show up and, and all the Republicans would have won. But it's a circular thing. And then, of course, it's always send us more money. Okay, well, what is the money being used for? Because clearly it's not being used to win elections. So what is the money being used for? You know, we've got all of these. No, seriously. What is all this money being used for? It angers me because you've got folks out there all the time. They're telling you, go vote, don't go vote. What, What do you want us to do? The election's a fraud. Okay. Carrie Lake told a whole group of people, all you McCain Republicans, go to hell. We don't want you. Okay, fine. You don't want our vote. You're not going to get our vote. You know what? A lot of those McCain Republicans voted for Donald Trump. Seems to me you would want everybody's votes. But when you tell a large segment, and for whatever reason, a lot of people love John McCain in Arizona, but when you tell those people you don't want their vote, guess what? They're not going to give you their vote. And then you can't step back and say voter fraud. I mean, yeah, I believe there was voter fraud, but you got to you got to show it. I've I've got so much more to say about this. It just you know I've got to be in my bonnet today, Grace. I just do. I I'm gonna work it out. But right now I'm a little miffed. I'm just sitting back with my popcorn. It's very entertaining. <sighs> I know it's frustrating. It, it's frustrating. You know you you've got the guy who said, and I know we're gonna break here to say. You got a guy who says. Okay, um, yeah, I I don't really want to certify because the election was stolen, but you know what? I have to because they're going to throw me in jail. Then go to jail. Get some moral courage. 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. 
Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. We are very, very happy to have you with us today. Very busy news day as well. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line from the great state of Oklahoma, our good friend, Senator James Langford. Senator, hope you're doing good today. I'm doing well, Todd. Thank you. You know, Senator, very disappointing uh, news last night from the, the Senate. Twelve Republicans uh, siding with the Democrats to to move forward the Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, first, I want to get your initial reaction to that news. Yeah, painful that there we have 60 folks of 100 uh, in the Senate that uh, are not paying attention to the most basic thing about uh, religious liberty and the opportunity to be able to protect all families and all points of view. I, I, I go back to just uh, seven years ago, uh, President Obama stands up after the Obergefell decision from the Supreme Court and says, hey, we're going to have good people on all sides of this, and we make, need to make sure we respect all points of view. And then now, short seven years later, uh, it's a tilting of the scale uh, to say, hey, if, if you disagree uh, with same-sex marriage, we're going to find ways to be able to isolate you and even file now lawsuits against you if you cooperate with government. I mean, it's it's. There's no doubt that these activists are using the courts to bully people of faith, and specifically Christians. Uh, we've seen this play out of, from uh, from Baronel Stutzman, the flower shop owner in Washington State, to Jack Phillips, uh, whose case went to the Supreme Court. He won, and he's still under attack. I mean, this is a relentless thing, and I'm concerned that this is going to unleash the floodgates. You know, I, I really believe it will unleash the floodgates because it creates a new what's called private right of action in it. And for folks that aren't following legal circles on that, what that does is it creates the ability that uh, if a, an entity is cooperating with their government, what is in the law called under the color of law, uh, if they're cooperating with a state or local government, let's say you're a homeless shelter or you are a private prison uh, or you are a um, adoption agency or foster care agency and you're faith-based uh, and you have certain certain beliefs in this about marriage and about the sanctity of marriage, uh, you're now going to get sued and get challenged on that immediately uh, by not only the attorney general of a state, uh, but now also private individuals are given the right to be able to file suit against those entities. And uh, I can assure you, if Congress creates a new right to file lawsuits, there will be plenty of more lawsuits that will happen uh, in the country. There, there are lots of entrepreneurial attorneys that will see that opportunity and to say, gosh, there's a new opportunity to be able to file suits. Let's go after it. Uh, you and you and I are both members of the same tribe. Uh, we're Southern Baptist. Um, I'm curious, Senator, uh, what concerns do you have for churches and denominations out there? 
So what's interesting is there's specific language in the Respect for Marriage Act that protects churches, synagogues, mosques uh, from not having to perform a same-sex marriage. Uh, that if they choose to not perform that, they don't have to perform that. Their pastors and leaders are protected on that. The question is, for any other organization or entity, first thing they have to do is they have to prove they're primarily a religious institution. So they're going to have court cases on that, whether you're, uh, if you're beyond a church, if you're, like I said, an adoption agency or something else, uh, that's where they're going to get looped up into. And then the language that they put in to the bill to be able to say they protect the nonprofit status or grants or contracts is so terribly written that I could literally give it to 10 different lawyers and get 10 different interpretations on it. So we're going to have a lot of, lot of issues. So what I try to do uh, was yesterday just be able to ram say, you know, all these sponsors of the bill saying you're trying to protect all these entities, let's put plain language in there to make sure they actually do that. That got voted down. That sends a signal to me that there was not an intention to actually have that to be clear, to be able to make it vague. If they can make it vague, then they can just hover over people and say, well, maybe we'll file a lawsuit against you if you disagree with us. This is about silencing people, and this is about saying if you disagree in this area, it's not that you'll be respected. Respect only goes one way in this bill. This is, I mean, I'm with you. I thought when they shot down the amendments, that spoke to the true nature of what this was all about. It did. And unfortunately, we had uh, quite a few Republicans that voted for the amendment saying, yes, we need to clean up the religious liberty language. And then when that amendment barely failed, they still they still voted for the final bill, knowing that the religious liberty issues were not fixed. And what should be concerning to all Americans? I mean, we're not talking about a small group of, of evangelicals that are concerned here. Even Cardinal Timothy Dolan of the Catholic Church is warning that that um, religious liberty could be severely harmed here uh, yeah. by this. Uh, where do you see – what does this country look like a year from now after this thing becomes law? Yeah, it's a big unknown. I mean, in the hours leading up to the bill, I had contacts from rabbis. I had contacts from evangelical leaders, from Catholic leaders. All lot, Lots of folks were calling from across the spectrum in, in, in the religious community saying, hey, we have very real concerns here of how this will be used. Literally, this bill – uh, puts a, a hammer in the hands of people that disagree on traditional marriage and to say, if you want to be able to file suit, if you want to try to intimidate individuals that disagree with you, here's the tool to do it. So what that looks like a year from now, what I think it will be is lots of uh, states and counties uh, will just go to nonprofit groups they typically cooperate with for all kinds of things, which is typical for us as, as a nation. We have this safety net of all kinds of nonprofits around the country that cooperate with local and state governments, I think uh, state and county attorneys will suddenly go to them and say, hey, we just can't partner with you anymore. Uh, we're not allowed to do that. And it's going to be the sudden silencing of people that have typically done, like I said, adoption services, foster care, homeless shelters, uh, feeding stations, uh, hunger spots, uh, child nutrition places that a lot of faith groups, faith-based groups do. It's now going to be a push to say, no, you, you just can't do this anymore because you don't line up with the new federal law. Uh, Senator, what does this mean? You know, we always tell people elections have consequences, but to see so many Republican senators join in on this, what is? are we seeing a shift, a culture shift within the Republican Party? I think we are seeing somewhat of a culture shift there, but it would also tell you that if Republicans uh, were in control of the Senate uh, and we were actually in the majority in the Senate, this bill would have never come up. Uh, Mitch McConnell, for instance, he voted against this bill. Uh, so th- this would not have been a bill that would have come to the floor uh, if Republicans were in control of the Senate. So it, it, it is another one of those issues of elections have very real consequences. 
All right. Well, Senator, we're going to we're going to leave it there. Uh, we appreciate your hard work on this and certainly a disappointment, but we have to be diligent. And uh, fortunately, there are some great religious liberty law firms out there that I'm sure will be uh, standing up and uh, defending these good people. They will. And I'm grateful that they are there. And I'm grateful that so many do, people do support them in that because we're going to continue to be able to speak out. This is this way. If I can go to a biblical example, this is Paul appealing to Rome and saying, Let, let's make sure that this is right. And all of our rights need to be protected. Well said. All right, Senator James Langford, uh, we appreciate you, sir. Time is uh, expiring, and we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today. Grateful for that. Keep the faith. All right, uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, Senator Langford from the great state of Oklahoma, one of the Republicans. And again, they were not taking anything away from same-sex marriage. This was just adding language that would have specifically protected Christian ministries. And they said no. We're not going to do that. So uh, regardless, uh, we're going to keep fighting the good fight. And I know a lot of churches are going to keep fighting the good fight. They're not going to stand down. And uh, God bless them for that. But again, folks, we've got to stay the course. We're going to do it on this radio program. We're not going to, we don't go this way and that way. We have an agenda. We have our beliefs. And we share those with you. If you agree, if you disagree, it's okay. We can have that conversation. Oh, we got to take a break here, folks. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. So happy to have you with us today. I was uh, reading reading some news, some tragic news uh, on the uh, social media platforms involving uh, the, the people over at CNN, the most profane name in news. Crying Negro Network. Thank you, Judge Joe Brown. Um, So here's the headline. CNN announcing massive layoffs are starting today. And uh, they're going to be laying off hundreds of people. Uh, CNN has just been struggling, man. I mean, it's it's pretty pitiful. Uh, They actually think Don Lemon was was the answer to their morning show, and it was just terrible. Uh, Job cuts are coming. A memorandum going out earlier today. And apparently a lot of on-air contributors are going to be getting the heave-ho as well. As soon as the names start dropping, uh, we'll let you know who's heading to the unemployment line. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844 747-8868. Want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, Great to have with us from the American Family Association, uh, Dr. Jameson Taylor, a senior fellow. Dr. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on today, Todd. And uh, the big news, of course, last night, this Respect for Marriage Act. uh, Many are calling it the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Uh, The same-sex component aside, the same-sex marriage component aside, it seems as though people are really concerned about what impact this is going to have on uh, religious nonprofits. What say you? This is the passage of the Respect for Marriage Act is very disappointing and very troubling. The, the real purpose of the legislation is to weaponize the courts 
and to weaponize federal agencies to sue and silence anyone who disagrees with same-sex marriage. So this bill is an assault on religious freedom for millions of Americans, and uh, the, the religious freedom protections that are in the bill are, are very, very narrow. They apply only to nonprofit religious organizations, so, you know, like churches, essentially, and church schools, and only to the activity of solemnizing or celebrating a marriage. Now, when's the last time that you, you heard of a school that solemnized a marriage? That's not what schools, that's not what adoption agencies do. So the, the religious freedom protections in the bill are fake religious freedom protections. What's going to happen is that one of Biden's many, many judicial appointments, because he's just setting a record pace in appointing judges, one of his appointments, one of, one of Obama's judges, this is going to give them all the cover they need to destroy Christian business owners. This is going to give them all that they need to put Christian adoption agencies out of business. This is going to give the IRS what they need to revoke the nonprofit status of Christian schools and colleges who are upholding the traditional and biblical view of marriage. And and what about organizations like, for example, American Family Association or Family Research Council? Would you guys be protected uh, the way this legislation is currently written? Well, you know, the American Family Association is a religious organization because we, in a sense, are uh, we operate as a church organization. But also, you know, we don't celebrate marriages. <laughs> That's not something that we do. Uh, you know, uh, we we publish a magazine called The Stand. We we uh, we do political action. Uh, you know, I work for AFA's uh, action arm, their C four. I don't celebrate marriages. So again, the 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 religious freedom protection that so many Republicans are, are taking refuge in, especially the 12 Republicans who betrayed the principles of the party and voted with Democrats to move this bill forward, the, the religious freedom protections that are in this bill are fake. They are not going to protect nonprofit organizations. They are not going to protect uh, business owners who disagree with same-sex marriage. They're not going to protect Christian schools and universities. Well, the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line is Dr. Jamison Taylor. He's a senior fellow at the American Family Association. So th- this is going to become the law of the land. Um, what what do you what happens next? And what you know what are you telling uh, these Christian business owners and these religious nonprofit groups out there? Well, I think in order to decide what happens next, we need to really take stock of where we are and. I believe that the Respect for Marriage Act is a major failure for the Republican Party. It's a failure for the party. It's also a failure for Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. And along with the party's very poor performance in the, the midterm elections, I think this shows a party that is, that is increasingly unable to defend and articulate even the most basic principles of good government. I am not seeing Republicans make principled arguments about issues that conservative voters care about, whether that's inflation. You know, if we want to, we could talk about inflation, but what are we really going to do about it? It means reining in the power of the Treasury. It means reining in the power of these banks that are manipulating interest rates. Let's talk about immigration. What are we really, what's the principled stand against immigration? Abortion, what's the principled stand against that? And likewise with marriage. In the debates over the Respect for Marriage Act, I did not hear a single senator 
say that same-sex marriage is wrong. I believe same-sex marriage is wrong because it is not true. And it's wrong to use the force of government to force people to believe something that is not true. You know, so today we're dealing with an untruth about marriage that two people of the same sex can actually get married. And, you, you know, they can't because marriage has something to do with having and raising children. And two people of the same sex don't have the biological makeup to do that. But tomorrow, you know, it's going to be something else. Uh, and it, it doesn't really matter whether it's something <clears throat> even as trivial as saying that purple is green and green is purple. It is just wrong to use the force of government to compel people to believe something that is not true. And that is what the Respect for Marriage Act does. I did not, did not hear a single Republican make that argument. Well, and beyond that, and, and again, it's, you know, if you are going to go down that path of defining marriage, what right does anybody have to define that? And, and what right does anyone have to narrowly define marriage as what it is now? And we've already started to see these lawsuits pop up where people are wanting to redefine marriage again to include multiple people or other things. Um, and, and that raises, it does raise a moral issue. Okay, what right does anybody have to make those decisions? I mean, you're basically looking at a, a cultural free-for-all coming down the pike. Yeah, and a lot of Republicans fell into this trap. I call this basically the tooth fairy defense of religious freedom. What it comes down to is just saying, look, my religion is a, <clears throat> is a personal preference. And um, my, in my, my views are that same-sex marriage is wrong. Uh, that's what my church teaches. You know, other churches we recognize teach different things. But essentially, the, the senators, the Republican senators who opposed the Respect for Marriage Act made this argument that, hey, we should protect people's preferences as far as marriage goes. Now, what I see, what I see the left, the arguments that they make, the argument, for instance, that Joe Biden made in his press release yesterday on the Respect for Marriage Act, he says that what this act does is it reaffirms a fundamental truth, that love is love, and Americans should have the right to marry the person they love. So what we see is the left, they are grounding their arguments in principles and fundamental truths, whereas Republicans are saying, hey, we should just protect people's personal preferences. We, we should be tolerant of all of these different views. And that's not what religious belief is. All right. Religious belief, if it is different from superstition, it has to be based in something that is rational and moral. And we can make arguments against same-sex marriage that are based in reason, that are based in science, and based in a rational faith in God, you know, as well as an objective reading of history. All right. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, Dr. Taylor. Uh, we do appreciate your time uh, this afternoon. And, folks, we have a direct link to American Family Association on our live show blog. Uh, Dr. Jamison Taylor, Senior Fellow at American Family Association. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Todd. All right. There you go. Uh, folks, got to take a quick break here. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Coming up a little bit later, uh, we're going to be checking with Steve Gill. He's been monitoring uh, this big Senate race in Georgia. And uh, President Trump saying that he is not going to be campaigning uh, there in Georgia for Herschel Walker. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be making phone calls or what, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. Also, a new movie about Johnny Cash, and uh, we're going to be uh, talking about that coming up in the next hour of the show. This is The Todd Stern Show. 
Welcome back, everybody. I uh, hope you're doing good out there. So this crazy story involving Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, the uh, racist, neo-Nazi, white supremacist, just, you know, a terrible person here, folks. Jew hater, anti-Semite. Anyway, uh, there, there's there been a lot of backlash, a lot of Republicans coming out and condemning President Trump. But all of them are cowards, except for the ones that are willing to call out his name. You know what? When we criticize President Trump and and we called out the president here on this and said, what the heck, Mr. President? We're not afraid. But then you have people like Mitch McConnell, Turtle McConnell, cut number 11. First, let me just say that there is no room in the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy. And anyone meeting with people advocating that point of view, in my judgment, are highly unlikely to ever be elected president of the United States. All right. Well, you know what? What a coward. Say his name. But McConnell won't do that. He will not call. And by the way, the, the same. There were several others that came out, high-profile Republicans yesterday, and they're condemning all of this, and it should be condemned. But we still don't know the full story. I'm I'm of the belief that Trump had no idea who this Fuentes guy was. He had to have known who. Well, he obviously knew who Kanye was, and Kanye's got his own issues. I mean, those guys had no business being anywhere near Mar-a-Lago, and that is an issue. And it seems to me that the staff there, and by the way, I've been to Mar-a-Lago several times. Every time I've been, I've had to go through, you know, the FBI gets all your information, or the uh, Secret Service, rather, and they uh, they run your uh, all your information. And if something is there, so it's not like you can just show up at the front door selling Tupperware. That's not the way that works. So clearly, somebody on the staff screwed up somebody knew that this was all going down kanye says uh basically this was all a setup that they were trying to embarrass trump at least that's what he uh, said on this uh, on this podcast interview he did and i don't know what the, all i know is these are bad people and they've got no business being anywhere and this was around president trump and this was a forced error in my opinion But really, does Mitch McConnell want to have that conversation? Well, let's have that conversation, Mitch McConnell. You say uh, you say you've got you know somebody who hangs around with uh, white supremacists has no business being anywhere in the Republican Party. Uh, What about his friendship, longstanding friendship with Strom Thurmond, who was one of the Dixiecrats who became a Republican? What about Joe Biden, who delivered the eulogy at a former leader of the KKK? I mean, if we want to have that conversation, we can have that conversation. Joe Biden, who has made more racist comments during his political career than we than we care to talk about. But again, you want to you want to have that conversation. Let's have that conversation. President Trump is not an anti-Semite, for God's sakes. We all know that. Mitch McConnell knows that. They're just using this, and again, an unforced error to attack the president let's go to the phones victor in maryland victor what's your take on this i was listening to a florida station this morning um brian craig and he played some clips that proved that mitch mcconnell is a hypocrite he started off by playing a clip from 1948 
of uh, Strong Thurmond saying that segregation will always remain. During that, during uh, Thurmond's um, funeral, Biden praised him for being such a great leader, and so did Mitch McConnell. Yeah, that would be Robert Byrd, uh, KKK Robert Byrd. Uh, you had Joe Biden going on record. I don't know how many times he said this on the campaign trail about how he would hang out with the white supremacists and he would he would battle the white supremacists in Congress during the day and then he would have dinner with him at night. And you're like, wait, what? I, th- these are words coming from Joe Biden himself, Victor. Yes, and I heard that clip this morning. So again, uh, if you want to find you're going to criticize President Trump, okay, fine. But you know what? We're going to call you out on your hypocrisy as well. Exactly. All right, Victor, let me ask you this. Does it change your opinion of Trump one way or the other? No, because this is another, uh, this is another way of getting uh, back at Trump. And so far, he's like uh, a cat with nine lives. So you don't think Every this is going to have a big Democrats impact? And the uh, wishy-washy Republicans try to uh, knock him down a peg. It keeps coming back. Yeah, I, yes. Um, I will, again, Victor, my concern is this was an unforced error. We've got to get good people surrounding this president. they got to protect him. And I don't know if he's got the right people protecting him. I don't either. But again, that goes back to President Trump. He's got to be the one to, to he's got to be the one to make those decisions. All right, Victor, appreciate the call. It's, it's a tough one, folks. It's a tough one. You can't give them, you just can't give them the ammo. You can't do it. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Um, I, when we come back, uh, we're going to be checking in with our good buddy, Steve Gill. We're going to be uh, checking out the, the latest from the Senate race in Georgia. Also, I want to play some audio from Carrie Lake. Uh, she is really fired up, and she's going to file a lawsuit she says that she's got the evidence that there was voter shenanigans, and I hope she's got it. I really do. I hope she has all of that. Uh, we're going to play that when we come back. It's a, it's a bit of a longer clip. But she also has something to say about this, this uh, supervisor who said he knew that there was voter fraud, and he really wished that he did not have to certify the election, but he certified the election because he was afraid of being arrested and charged with a felony. And the whole point is, do your job. If you saw if you saw shenanigans, if you saw somebody that was cheating, then produce the evidence and stand your ground. If they throw you in jail, you become a hero. You have something that then the people in Arizona can rally around. But what's really what's really concerning is that you've got elected leaders threatening to jail any supervisor who refuses to certify an election, even if they know that there are issues with the vote. That is a big problem, and we're going to get to that as well. All right, uh, 844-747-8868, Todd Folks, while you were there... I know you're doing your Christmas shopping, and now is the time to head over to our website. We have some great Christmas gifts for the conservative loved one in your life. You can get yourself uh, all sorts of great things, including coffee mugs, tumblers, and autographed copies of all of my books at ToddStearns.com. We'll be right back, America.
<laughs> Grace Baker, I'm trying to multitask here, and I'm not having much luck at it. It's okay, Todd. It's it's hump day. No, it is. Well, it is hump day, but it's also the big. Uh, it's the big Todd Stern show Christmas dinner. That's true. I'm and very it's, excited. And and we don't. You know, a lot of these radio stations they do. They'll get a Subway sandwich, and nothing wrong with Sub. Well, I don't Sub- like Subway. I don't it's, like. It I'm either. a Lenny's guy. Me too. You know, Lenny's is a home hometown company. Oh, I did not. know Did you that. know that? Yeah. Nope. Right. Right here in Memphis, Tennessee. That's cool. Yes, it is. So anyway, we're taking the whole crew down, like forty of us. To uh, Ruth's Chris. I know. That's why I've like been pacing myself not eating a lot today so that I can eat you. a lot tonight. Good, good. Yeah, and, and by, it's all beef. Somebody said, is it gluten-free? I'm like, of course it's beef. Oh, it's true. Of course it's gluten-free. It is gluten-free. <laughs> I have no idea. No, it is. Meat's gluten-free. I don't know. Gluten's like bread. Like the oh, Subway sandwiches. Oh, word. Uh, you see, I... It's the I look. I like everybody. I really, I really do. We like to poke fun. Uh-huh. But I got to tell you, the gluten free crowd they're they're even more like they get more riled up than the vegans do. Oh no, do they? I don't know. The vegans are pretty pretty passionate. Uh, well, and then you got the PETA people. Oh, that's a whole other story. Yeah, they're just idiots. Uh, we're going to go to Steve Gill in just a moment. I do want to go to William in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on our flagship station, KWAM. Hey, William, what's on your mind? What's up, what's up Todd? Hang it out, William. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, big difference from yesterday, this cold cold weather, still all the rain everywhere. But, um, y'all might make a comment about that last guy. You know, Trump, Trump should have learned something from his previous thing. You know, I love Trump's policy, him as a person necessarily, like the old saying, I wouldn't next invite him over to eat dinner. But I do believe his policies, and I believe we need him, and we're definitely going to need him more than ever, you know, similar to Reagan coming after Carter, Trump coming after Biden, even more than we needed him before. But uh, the point is, if he didn't learn, we've got to get independents to vote for him. And, you know, this meeting, I don't know what the purpose was, but uh, he's got to think a little bit more about what he's doing because – He's not just trying to get his followers to keep. We're going to follow him no matter what, pretty much. We've already seen the so-called worst or whatever. We know how he is. He's he's aggressive, and we like that. We want that from him. But some of these independents, you know, he needs to, like, think. As you made a point, he needs to think more because we've got to have independent voters to vote for him. William, you're speaking a lot of truth here, and and I've shared this that theory with our listeners um, in the past. And, and you're right; we're going to have to broaden the tent, and you're not going to be able to broaden the tent if you're you know having dinner with the likes of Milo of, of Milo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes. It's just not going to happen. So you're right; we got to play smart here. William, appreciate the call. God bless you. Thanks for listening to KWAM. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line from Nashville, Tennessee, our good buddy Steve Gill. Steve, hope you're doing well today. I'm doing good. And, and you were talking about, you know, the, the you know, PETA people that hate cows, the vegans that hate cows, all these people that hate cows. And you got the environmentalists that claim because of their cow flatulence that they're, you know, killing the ozone and going to kill the whole planet. I want to point out, Todd, that like you, I eat beef. So the vegans, the environmentalists, and the PETA folks should be building statues to us. We eat dead cows. We do, and and I love every bit of it. You know, I'm not I'm an A one steak sauce guy as well. <laughs> speaking of speaking of flatulence, though, uh, did you catch Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, tweet the other? Was it yesterday? 
Uh, she was tweeting about uh, how you can wear the thick cotton underwear and it still will not protect you from a fart. Uh, again, rather shocking to see a sitting member of Congress writing about this. But uh, And her point was, so what makes you think one of those masks will be able to protect you from the China virus? Well, especially that we have a new, you know, uh, comprehensive medical study that says there, there's no difference that the masks essentially do not work, you know, and, and the fact that you still see people driving around in their cars by themselves wearing them. Well, I, I was talking with uh, a friend from China last night, uh, and one of the things that's fueling the riots and the chaos and, and the absolutely meltdown in China right now is that the Chinese people don't get news media that allows them to know what's really going on in the world. But they're watching the, the World Cup, and they're seeing you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people going to these games, and nobody's wearing a mask while their government is beating them down, you know, locking them in apartment buildings, killing people over masks and a COVID shutdown. And they're watching, well, the rest of the world is going to soccer games without wearing a mask. They see the disparate treatment that is being played out. And that's one of the things that's fueling the anger in uh, China. Steve, real quick, I want to get your take on this whole Trump, um, uh, Kanye thing. First of all, I think it's, again, it's an unforced error. But our caller, William, brought up a good point. Trump is going to have to, I mean, he's already got all of us. You know, we're going to vote for the, if he's the nominee, we're going to vote for the guy. The issue is we got to get more than just us. We've got to get the independent voters. Well, that's it's exactly right. And and while, you know, I don't mind his tweets, you don't mind his tweets and, and his brusque behavior, uh, independents, suburban moms, and Gen Zers don't like it. And, and we saw that played out in Georgia, where uh, Brian Kemp, the governor, uh, who's been distanced from Trump, won by a 10-point margin. Uh, the, the Trump pick, Herschel Walker, ended up being about three points below the 50 points he needed to win. Uh, and, and Trump, to his credit, is basically you know, keeping an arm's length, staying out. Kemp is all in. He's got new ads that are promoting Herschel. And and he's reaching out to those suburban women, the independents, and those Gen Zers that are critical if we're going to expand and actually win races. And and uh, I think that, you know, that's it's, it doesn't make Trump people happy to recognize it, but that's the reality. You can't win with just his base, and we just saw that in the uh, midterm. And look at just what ha- – and by the way, and look at Arizona – you had uh, back in the GOP primary. You had Karen Robeson, who is, um, you know, who's a conservative. I mean, when you look at her record, she's a conservative. She, you know, she may not be as conservative as you know you or me, but she's still a conservative. Uh, you know, she was portrayed to be, you know, some sort of a closet Democrat, which simply was not the case. Then you have Carrie Lake going out there, and uh, she's saying, well. Um, uh, she was telling the John McCain voters to go to hell. She doesn't want their votes. Okay, fine. But, you know, I it seems to me, Steve, I, and I'm not a campaign manager, but you would want everybody to vote for you. I want everybody's votes, and, and we as conservatives need to recognize that, you know, 92% is an A. If somebody's with you 92% of the time, they should be given an A. I used to try to convince my dad that actually yeah. 88% was close enough. But 92% is an A, and yet we... We attack and demonize those that are with us most all of the time and, and, and allow those that are seldom, if ever, with us to kind of get a pass. And it, it is bad politics, and it's really bad policy because it's going to leave us with some real problems. To that point, Charlie Kirk yesterday talking to Steve Bannon, and I want you to take a listen. Uh, cut five, guys. Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate news, Steve, is in Arizona, 
Republicans had a greater taper from 2020 than Democrats did. I want you to think about that, that more people stayed at home that were Republicans. Now, that's because of these issues, obviously, the the lines and the disenfranchising. But 400,000 people that showed up for Donald Trump or voted for Donald Trump in 2020 uh, did not show up or vote for the midterm election. Now, I believe it's because a lot of people do not trust the system. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to unravel there, but at least they're being honest about the fact that 400,000 Trump supporters did not go vote, according to Charlie Kirk. Saw uh, the, the Herschel Walker race against Warnock, uh, or, or the Republicans against Warnock two years ago, where uh, Trump voters were disaffected. They were mad at Kemp, and they stayed home for the runoff that gave us Ossoff and Warnock in the U.S. Senate because they stayed home because they were they were angry after the uh, after the, the general election in uh, in November two years ago. Uh, I think what you what you've got to come to grips with also, and we've talked about this before, Todd. Uh, you're always going to have a drop-off presidential year to non-presidential year. But but consistently, year in, year out, 17 to 20 million Christian evangelicals do not vote. And and that's the margin in these close races where 25, 30,000 more people could make the difference. And, and too many Christians stay in the pews. Too many pastors are afraid to encourage people to go vote. You don't have to tell them how to vote. But if they will pray, discern, and vote on the values that matter to them, we would swing a lot more elections, and yet there's really no concentrated effort, certainly by the Republican Party or independent organizations, to effectively turn out Christian evangelical voters. And and that's one thing we can fix between now and two years from now. Well, I hope we can. I mean, we, we talk about this every election cycle, it seems like. And, and, you know, again, it's only getting worse because a lot of these churches are, are run by woke preachers that you know do not want to engage in the in the election process and if they do it's to support the the democrats uh, how do you think things are going to go in in georgia i'm hearing a, a a big youth turnout which usually means the democrats are getting out the vote yeah and and apparently they're doing a good job of turning out the african-american vote in the in the early voting um yeah again republicans don't like the rules that they're set uh, but at the end of the day, you better play by the rules or you're going to continue to get beat. It's like a few years ago when they put in the three-point line in college basketball. Some coaches didn't like it, and they didn't embrace it. Those that embraced it won. Those that didn't lost. And Republicans need to embrace the three-point line when it comes to the election politics. We better find some three-point shooters, and we better start turning out early voters and and using the mail-in ballot process to our advantage while we're trying to fix it and change it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I'm wondering, you know, Walker. That there was some, there were uh, there was some hullabaloo that he wasn't out there campaigning over the weekend. Warnock was, I think it was on Sunday, and uh, Walker has been campaigning up in the northern suburbs. Uh, my question is, why not go after those inner city minority votes? I mean, you, you've got a black Republican nominee. Let's get him down there, and let's let people see who normally would not see a Republican. Uh, let's put them in those kinds of situations. I just don't get that. Especially when you've got somebody that's so revered as a favorite son. And and Warnock's issues on a policy matter really do matter to a lot of black voters. I mean, you know, they're, they're not in favor of the fact that there are more black babies aborted in New York City each year than are born. They're not in favor of uh, uh, of the abusive behavior that uh, Warnock uh, treated his, his ex-wife uh, uh, you know, that, that he's kicking people out of uh, uh, their housing as as a, quote, minister. The issues that, that Warnock is supporting and supporting Biden on every front, 100 percent, 
is not what voters are for. And, and we've got to do a better job, I think, of making that case that uh, it's his policies that are bad, not just his personality. I think Herschel ends up narrowly, narrowly winning, and a narrow win is just enough. I'm actually going down there Monday, and uh, I may try to give you a, a, an update report. It sounds good. Uh, and, Steve, I think the, the the nugget coming out of our conversation, Republicans just have to campaign smart. we got to be smart about all of this. You know, I've learned as trying to take up golf more um, more effectively that you can't play harder at golf. You have to play softer. You have to have to be more patient in politics. You got to play harder. And more importantly, uh, Steve Gill, where do the where do the volunteers go? We're going bowling. We know that. Uh, where do you think we're going to end up? I, I want an all orange bowl, Clemson UT Orange Bowl. Oh, it's I an like all that. orange. I think that's where we ought to go. And. Uh, I think that uh, Miami would uh, benefit from a lot of fans showing up if that's the Orange Bowl. If it's the Citrus Bowl, we have to decline. I don't care how much money we lose. <laughs> we are not well, going the, back there. And the Cotton Bowl, they're talking about the, the Cotton, Cotton Bowl. Bo- I know. We play Tulane or something. I, mean, oh. I want us to play somebody really good and show that we're really good. Uh, I, exactly. I, I love that. All right. Uh, we will. I, I'm going to be. I'm going to go to that bowl game. So if it's the Orange Bowl, I'll be down there. Well, and I want us to cleanse our palate against some South Carolina team after that debacle. So oh, give us sweet Lord. <laughs> yeah, that was a mess. All right, Steve Gill, ladies and gentlemen, great American patriot. Steve, we'll be talking to you. Thanks, my friend. All right, good man right there. Right there. By the way, President Trump has announced we know what he's going to do. Ron DeSantis rising in the polls. Newsmax is conducting an urgent poll. Do you want Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis as your candidate in 2024? Big question. And Newsmax wants to know what you think. You can vote right now in the Newsmax poll on Trump v. DeSantis. All you have to do is text the word skip to 39747. That's skip to 39747. Literally takes two seconds to let your voice be heard. Folks, every day I'm watching Newsmax TV and you ought to as well. They're even beating CNN in some of the key rankings now. Make the switch. Switch to Newsmax. And by the way, you got to vote in the poll. Text skip to 39747. We'll be right back. All right, I got to play this Carrie Lake audio. So there was a, there was a, a guy out there from, is it Mojave? Mojave County in Arizona. He is chairman of the Board of Supervisors, and he reluctantly, his name is Ron Gould, and he reluctantly agreed to certify the election results because otherwise he would be arrested. Uh, He told uh, radio station KTAR, KTAR, 92.3 FM, told KTAR that uh, if... um, that he had no choice but to canvass the election, which is the technical word for certifying the election, and otherwise he would have been charged with a felony. So my thinking here is, okay, you know there are problems with the election. Go ahead. Make them throw you in jail. That's what I would have done. Anyway, Carrie Lake was weighing in on this. Cut number six. The, the Arizona Republic today headline, Cochise sued over certifying elections. And, and here's the key point. The, the officials down there say, we can't certify this thing. Things a mess, right? Maricopa County, you're disenfranchising our people in, in, uh, in Cochise County. They wanted Katie Hobbs to come down and present to them exactly what went on in Maricopa County throughout the state so they then could consider it and then take their vote. 
Mark Elias jumps in here with a suit, and Elias tells the uh, supervisors, the only presentation you're going to get is in a court of law. Is Katie Hobbs and these left-wing lawyers like Mark Elias, are they trying to be coercive, whether it's in Mojave County, the supervisor saying, hey, I'm threatened with uh, being charged with a felony if I did not comply? Is Katie Hobbs and the left-wing lawyers, are they being coercive here legally? It sure feels like it. I mean, I've been watching that guy's uh, Twitter page, and he's threatening people with lawsuits. You know, lawfare is his specialty. And, you know, this is the guy behind the Russiagate thing, too. So you, you wonder how good he is at his job. But, you know, people don't like the threat of a lawsuit. This is a time, Steve, for Americans, for Arizonans to stand up. I saw what happened in Mojave County with uh, Mr. Gould on the Board of Supervisors. He said, I'm doing this. I'm certifying this under duress. They're telling me if I don't, I'll be locked up. They're telling me I'll be arrested. They're telling me it's a Class 6 felony, and I'm doing this under duress. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not sure anything done under duress will stand up in a court of law. But I wish that somebody would say, you know what? Arrest me then. I don't care. We need people with courage to say, class what felony? Go ahead. Go for it. Arrest me. Because this is a botched election and you're disenfranchising the folks in Mojave County when you allow this kind of an election in Maricopa County to stand. And she's she's not wrong. Uh, again, you know, let's have some people stand up and have a little bit of courage. Stand up. Do the right thing. And if they throw you in jail, they throw you in jail. But you did the right thing. And you better believe, if that would have happened, could you imagine the uproar nationwide? You would have had America First Patriots from all over America swarming into Arizona to protest outside the jails. But something stinks in Arizona. They're threatening people now? You don't certify what you know to be a problematic vote? Or we're going to throw you in jail, charge you with a felony? You'll spend the next 10 to 20 years in jail? Hey, that's that's messed up. So anyway, we're going to keep our eye on that. But to the conversation we had with Steve Gill, you gotta play smart. You gotta campaign smart. And the Republicans haven't been doing that. And we're going to show them how. I know it's going to be frustrating, but we're going to get them. We're going to get them straightened out. I can promise you that, America. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Joe Biden is, is giving a speech right now. And has he referenced Tonto yet, Grace Baker? Do we know if he's... If he's made any faux pas. <laughs> Not that specifically, but as usual, there's lots of blunders. Yeah, so uh, anyway, he's uh, making references about uh, Indian reservations and whatnot, and uh, he made a very weird comment about his wife. Uh, that would be uh, Mrs. Dr. First Lady Jill Biden, also known as the nursemaid. Uh, let's take a listen. Start building a second school and revitalize the use of the Cherokee language. By the way, she spent a lot of time on other reservations, other uh, nations as well. I'm worried she's not going to come home one of these days. You think I'm joking, I'm telling you. If I hear more about the Navajos than I hear about me. Um, 
<laughs> you all think I'm kidding, don't you? No, we, well, no, we don't think you're kidding. I, I mean, what does Jill have the hots for a, one of the uh, one of the guys over on the the Indian reservation? Jill wants a, a Navajo. Do we have? I'm not sure what to read into that. Anyway, uh, Biden is in rare form today, so uh, he's worried that Jill might find love on the reservation and might not come back to the White House. Uh, yeah, go figure. Alyssa Milano in the news. You know, it's really sad when your career actually peaks when you're 14 years old. There's really not much more to life after that. And that's what happened with Alyssa Milano, who was uh, the cute little child actor on Who's the Boss with one Tony Danza and Judith Light before she became Lebanese. And by Lebanese, I mean a lesbian. No, I mean, I, I, she wasn't then. I mean, if she was, she was, you know, closet. But anyway, I, I digress. Alyssa Milano was the cute child actress on Who's the Boss? Uh, now she's a radical leftist, very confused about everything, including her pronouns. Anyway, Alyssa Milano was very upset when Elon Musk uh, took over Twitter, and she announced that she had, she to protest, she was returning her Tesla, and she was trading it in for a Volkswagen. And fortunately, some very astute people on the Twitterverse pointed out that Volkswagen was actually a Nazi company. So now she's riding around in a Nazi mobile. And Alyssa Milano said that she was leaving Twitter. That's it. She was done. She was kaput. Well, now she's coming back. I guess she couldn't quit Twitter after all. So there you go. All right, welcome back, Alyssa. We we appreciate you. There's a new report from the Wall Street Journal. The headline, Quiet Quitters Make Up Half the U.S. Workforce. This is according to a Gallup poll. Ray Smith is the writer. Young professionals surveyed say they were the most disengaged and a big source of tension returning to the offices. Is this true? Is this a problem? U.S. employee engagement, a measure of involvement in the workplace and enthusiasm about work, dropped since 2021, coinciding with the rise in job resignations. The number of workers who say they are actively disengaged from their jobs, defined as workers who are unhappy about their work and resentful their needs aren't being met, is rising. That's according to research by Gallup. Nearly one-third of workers describe themselves as engaged or enthused about work. Just about 20%, under 20%, describe themselves as actively engaged. The rest are not engaged. People who do the minimum work required and are psychologically detached from their jobs. Grace, Grace, pay attention, Grace. Grace, pay attention. Thank you. I'm trying. Trying to get you engaged here. The results are an about-face from the summer of 2020, when U.S. worker engagement levels calculated by Gallup hit their highest level ever, 40%. People under 35 reported the sharpest drop in engagement. Now, here's what's fascinating. I've heard this expression before, and I didn't quite understand what it was. The data may help explain quiet quitting, where employees coast at work and draw a paycheck. Gallup said the quiet quitters now make up half the U.S. workforce. Oof. That's a lot. Why do you think that is? I think people are just a little bit, it's not, lazy may not be the right word, but they're just like, I'm just here, just give me my money and move on. And they just don't care. 
I've I've noticed this especially in the restaurant industry. I don't cook, and it's a lot cheaper for me to go eat out than it is to go and buy all the groceries for one person and cook all of that at home. Sure. But I've noticed, Grace, that most of these restaurants, they can't find good staff, and the staff that they have are just it's not rough. there. No. It's just like, come by, just refill my water a few times. It, my pet peeve is when they take forever to give, get you the check. You're like, come on, I'm ready to go. And they just take like 20 minutes. And you see them, they're just standing over there chatting it up, and you're like, come They don't on. care. Yeah, they just don't care. But I've seen that especially like in um, the, the, big, the big box stores. You're out there looking for something, and uh, you can't find it, so you try to find help, and you can't find the help. It's just like I know customer service is uh, kaput these days. Yeah, because like you said, people just don't care. And I feel like if you're in like customer service and that sort of thing, you have to care. I don't think they care. I was at Dillard's, which is a big department store chain in the South. I won't say which one I was at, but I there was there, I was looking for something, and uh, oh, I had to go buy towels. And I was looking for a specific kind of towel. At Dillard's? At Dillard's. Okay. They have good towels. And so anyway, I was uh, going up there, and uh, I couldn't find anybody. There was literally nobody working on the floor. I could have just walked out of that store with everything. My goodness. And nobody would have known. It was like a ghost town. Man. I think that speaks to, too, just a lot of people shopping online nowadays, and they just don't even go in the store, so... People don't care. That might have something to do with it. But I do wonder how much the pandemic changed the way people work. You know, a lot of people do not want to go back into the office. No, and hybrid schedules are very normal now. With radio, you kind of have to be there. Yeah, that's just, that doesn't make any sense. But like your just average run-of-the-mill office job, I mean, you could do it from home at least a few days a week. That's fascinating. I I, Just really fascinating by this. Uh, Whole Foods is banning lobsters. (laughs) (laughs) topic change uh whole foods uh is uh, really causing problems with the good people of maine who basically make their living by uh getting the lobsters fair enough uh what do they call that Uh, somebody will somebody will let us know there's a term you don't go fishing for lobsters you don't go hunting for lobsters there's got to be a term somebody from wlob wasn't that show deadliest catch about catching lobsters i guess do you catch a lobster catching lobsters i don't know i don't know somebody will let us know anyway whole foods uh has angered people in the state of maine uh, by announcing they will no longer buy Maine lobsters after climate change groups. All right, may I just oh, say no. this? I forgot. I, I, I need to correct myself. So the worst of the worst are not the gluten-free folk. Uh, it's got to be these tree huggers. They're so more annoying. The climate change folks? The climate change people. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. They're very, listen, they get on their, they get on their point and they're like, nope, not deviating. No other opinions. This is it. So uh, Governor Janet Mills and the congressional delegation of Maine sent a note to Whole Foods expressing their disappointment in the grocery store's decision to stop buying Maine. Where are they going to get their lobsters from? That's a good question. They're not going to be as good quality, I bet. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, quote, we are disappointed by Whole Foods' decision, deeply frustrated that the the, main, the Marine Stewardship Council's suspension of the lobster industry's certificate of sustainability. What the crap is this? <laughs> A bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Oh, for goodness sakes. Come on, people. 
They've been how they've been harvesting. I don't know. They've been catching lobsters for 150 years. And somebody from Maine, tell us what do you do? Do you catch the lobsters? Do you fish with the lobsters? We need help. Somebody get Ray Richardson on the line. Anyway, um, so look, all I can tell you is just go to Red Lobster. All right, just forget about going to Whole Foods. Just I, I, I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, once you get the tree huggers involved, it's downhill from there. Quite frankly, they should Whole Foods should tell them all to go take a fly and flip. But that's it. So I just looked it up. It's called lobstering. Let's go lobstering. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The activity or business of catching it, no, lobsters. No, it's not lobster. It's lobster. 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 No, I don't think that's it. No. I just looked it up. Merriam-Webster All Dictionary. Right. 844-747-8868. That's our toll free. Somebody right now is on a boat, and they're listening to this radio program, and they're about to go do what they're going to do to the lobsters. <laughs> that sounds bad. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. See, Grace, I knew our WLOB listeners would be all over this. Oh, yeah, they didn't let us down. I had no doubt. What is it, Richardson? Ray Richardson? Yes, he's in Florida on vacation. I know. I was like, where's Ray when they need him? Come on, on, Ray. We need you, buddy. Uh, Let's go to the phones here. Larry, we're going to do two callers here together. Uh, Larry and Ron. Uh, Guys, you're on the air together. How's it going up there? Ron, we're going to start with you. I'm having fun just driving truck and getting it done. I love it. Larry, how about yourself? What are you up to this afternoon? Well, I'm in the foothills on the K River and watching the snow come down. Is it sn- really? It's snowing. We had tornadoes here in the south yesterday, Larry. I'd rather take the snow. All right, so, so guys, uh, help us out here. Ron, we'll start to you. We're trying to figure out what is the correct terminology. Uh, it's not fishing for lobsters. What do we? What do you call it? We go in lobstering, and you are a lobsterman. A lobsterman. Okay, I got it. I got it. So a lobsterman. Larry, uh, is is that is that accurate? Is that what you guys call it? Lobstering? Yep, hundred percent correct. Wow. All right. Now is that something and, and you can't have that R on that. It's lobster. Lobster. <laughs> it's I, get that accent down. Lobs lobster. Lobster. <laughs> I get, yeah, I got to work on that, Ron. <laughs> we Hey Todd. Yeah. We we sent all of our R's we don't use over soda. Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. Let them do it. I I love it. Ron, what's your take on this uh, decision? Whole Foods says they're not going to be selling Maine lobsters anymore. Oh, they're going to suck up your whole paycheck. That's what they are. Their whole paycheck. That's all they are. Whole and paycheck. honestly, Governor Mills, Austin Powers' twin sister, I'm sorry, but I think we're all kind of embarrassed about her or it, whatever you want to call it. And uh, she can go back to whatever liberal cesspool she came from and be done with it. Larry, uh, how do do you feel about your governor? Well, he pretty much nailed it. She was a native of Farmington. Then she went out to Berkeley, came back all messed up. Oh, that's sad. You know, I've been to Maine uh, several times, and you guys are pretty much like the southern states, uh, aside from the dropping the R's. We just like to kind of savor our vowels down here. We hold on to them for a little bit too long. <laughs> hey, 
It's all good. It's all good. And our lobsters are really a uh, little crawfish. Uh, so, uh, but I think I would rather go lobstering than crawfish. And I never did enjoy uh, going into the swamps that much. Not to mention they're so small. It's more work to be doing those. I mean, you crack open a lobster, you, you know, you do your thing. It's, it's, it's a fair point. You know, those are small. It's a fair point. And, uh, yeah. And up here, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm, it's, it's getting just as bad as down south. I mean, the, the woke agenda, all that stuff's going all through. I mean, I'm I'm married and a father of six, and my kids come home from school, and I just I'm asking them what junk is going through and the pronouns and all that crap, just <sighs> swirling the drain. I understand, guys. I do. Well, look, Ron, Larry, appreciate you calling in, and thanks for setting us straight. Uh, it's all about lobstering, and but you got to drop the R, and we will work on that. So that may be a um, that will be a work in progress. Uh, thanks for calling in, fellas. 844-747-8868. Mark Levin, the great one, is very upset at all of you conservatives who oppose Kevin McCarthy for the speakership. He says that um, five boneheads in Congress are threatening to derail McCarthy's bid, and he calls them out. Uh, he, By the way, he says Andy Biggs, he named uh, Congressman Matt Gates and Congressman Andy Biggs, who he called a phony conservative. Quote, they're playing right into the hands of the Democrats, right in the hands of the establishment Republicans, right into the hands of the media. Meanwhile, there's a McConnell off on the side working on a deal with Schumer. Everybody's in the dark, and the Republicans in the House had no voice. So do you, uh, do you agree with Mark Levin here that we may as well accept that Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next Speaker of the House, even though he may not be a conservative, but he is the best choice? There's a report out there, I believe from The Hill, that I saw earlier today, that 30 Republicans are prepared to vote against Kevin McCarthy. And if that's the case, that's, that is a big, big number. McCarthy needs 218 votes to be elected. So unless they're going to have a, a mess of Democrats join the Republicans, McCarthy is going to be struggling here. But anyway, uh, Mark Levin, the great one, conservative talk radio host, says, shame on you people. And he's calling out these congressmen that are coming out and saying they're going to oppose Kevin McCarthy. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We'll get to that in just a little while. I got to talk to you about this. There's a young lady uh, on the, uh, the TikTok and I'm kind of glad we still have TikTok. I know some folks are thinking about banning TikTok, but I'm glad we have it because it does expose these leftist morons for who they are. Uh, this young lady is sharing a public service announcement uh, urging you to stop inviting white friends. She is of the Asian persuasion. Take a listen. Controversial opinion, but if you have a token white and you're hanging out with your friend group of color, you need to ask permission from everybody in the group to bring your white friend. Like, don't just bring them. Ask for explicit permission from everyone. Because just because you're comfortable with them doesn't mean that everybody's comfortable with them. I might not be in the mood to deal with white shenanigans that day. That's, that's all I'm saying. 
And another thing, it feeds into their ego. Like, don't don't let them think they're a good white person. Don't don't give them that card to use against other people. Please don't do that. I I feel I feel really weird right now, Grace Baker. To be honest with you, because I'm of the Caucasian persuasion. I know. And Same I hear. Wow. What are we gonna do? What do we do? I don't know. That I. <laughs> I mean, by her logic, I have no idea. I mean. So don't yeah. So don't ever invite the white because then if you are the white person, you're like, oh look at me, I'm diverse, I'm tolerant because I'm hanging out with minorities. That's what the liberal white people think. It's so messed up. I'm telling you, the 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 Democrats, the leftists, they are the racist of all racists. That's true. I'm telling you. Watch, like you said, I'm kind of still glad we have TikTok so we can see the crazies and expose them. Yeah, there you go. It's and there's a lot to be exposed right there. All right, folks, got to take a quick break here. 844-747-8868 toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern show. can listen to this music all day long uh hello everybody welcome back to the todd stearns radio program you know a little known fact about about johnny cash um i what a couple of years ago after i left fox news moved back home to memphis and i bought uh, the radio station kwam well back in the in the 1950s uh kwam played a lot of different styles of music r&b and country western and there was a fella a local guy hard-working fella uh, after work, he'd come down to KWAM and he'd plop down some money and uh, he would be able to, he had a show on KWAM and it was Johnny Cash. And uh, we've got a lot of the old recordings of the Johnny Cash show, uh, which is, uh, it's really fun to kind of go back and, and listen to uh, the good old days when KWAM was a music station. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line because we're honored to have a, a great guest with us talking about a brand new documentary. Um, about Johnny Cash called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American. And Johnny's son, John Carter Cash, joins us today. John, good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Good to talk to you. Yeah, we're we're honored um, over at KWAM to be a tiny little part of the, the great legacy of Johnny Cash. And uh, we know there that he, re- he recorded one of his songs in the KWAM studios back in the day. Oh, really? Wow. When was that? This was back, I believe, in the 1950s. And, uh, you know, we've got all the old recordings, and uh, it was just okay. a, it was a crazy time back then. B.B. King and Johnny Cash on the same radio station. <laughs> wow. Isn't that something? Yeah, no, very, very, that's really uh, very interesting. I'd, uh, I'd love to hear that. John, um, Greg Laurie is a good friend of this program, and uh, his mm-hmm. book, his book was really sort of the blueprint for this documentary about your dad. Tell us about this new project. Well, my father's faith was always such an important part, um, you know, of his life, intrinsical. I mean, without his his faith, you know, he would not have made it. Um, He professed this throughout his life. You know, um, it was was the most important thing in the world to him, that and family. 
um, you know, even throughout uh, his suffering, his struggles, when he lost his, his brother when he was young, when my mother passed away, um, faith carried him through these times. Um, and he's the one who set it all in motion, most certainly. Uh, you know, even when he was at the very top of his game, uh, selling more records than anyone else in the world. He, he he was never afraid to get up and and to sing a gospel song or to speak of his faith. And so that's that's what this film is about. It's it's of course it's a biography. I mean, it looks at my father's entire life. It's got a lot of great insight from people from all walks of life. Um, of the views on my father and and who he was and and the strengths that made him up. Um, but it, it's all centered around my father's faith, uh, you know, his, his love for my mother and everything and the strength that they carried with them uh, throughout their relationship, um, and was connected, you know, um, through Christ. And, uh, I'm very grateful for that. So, um, it's wonderful to see this film come together and, uh, just excited to, to know that it's going to be in theaters all around the United States. Yeah, and that, that's right. Uh, December 5th, 6th, and 7th, folks, uh, Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American. So check, uh, check your local theaters to see, uh, when it will be, uh, when it will be broadcast. It's going to be an amazing film. You know, I, you, you talk about your dad's faith, and I mean, he went through some, some tough times. Uh, he, he wrote a lot about that in his music, and it just seems to me when, when somebody that has been through tough times and God brings them through those tough times, when they sing those hymns and those, those spiritual songs, there, there's just depth to that, John. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that's, that's a celebration of life. You know, the music becomes that. And, and even the songs that are, that are that are heavier or sadder. They can they can be you know moments of awakening and moments of of uh, of redemption, of understanding, and, and that's what my father found uh, you know through music uh, a connection back to to um, to to his faith and to God. And and Dad always always was open minded. He was always kind, and um, you know he was he was most certainly you know um, sort of somewhat akin to the to Saint Peter, and in that. Um, he made many mistakes, but of course he was never forsaken. And I believe that you know that his story was uh, one that is very important to a lot of people who who have been down and who have suffered and struggled and have and have come to points in their life when when uh, you know uh, they felt lost and and alone. Uh, they, they could look at my father's tale and where he had been and know that they perhaps were not so alone um, in their suffering. What was that like for you as as a as a boy growing up and and seeing all of that? Oh, you know, um, I mean, it was just my life. You know, it's hard to say I can compare it to anything. But um, but my father was always centered, and he was always kind. Um, he was always there for me, you know, as a friend. And and even though there were periods that that um, he struggled. Um, you know, and that, um, that in some ways he was far away. Um, um, still he came back and, and, and was there to support me. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Now, a lot of people will say, you know, I've, I know everything there is to know about, about Johnny Cash. So why should I go see the movie? And from what I understand is there's a lot of never before heard conversations, uh, not to mention some great interviews with other country music stars in this film. Yeah, and um, not only that, but my father, he, he, um, his biography, his second biography was called Cash, and during the process of that biography, there were a lot of recordings that were done, and so um, 
to really understand the man. I, I feel like it's a, it's a good way to, to hear these recordings that, that no one had heard before, has ever heard before until now. Um, you know, and to, to hear it in his own words, to let him, you know, speak. Um, and then also, also, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's celebrities, there's different folks that talk my father and his life throughout, you know, throughout the film, a great diverse array of, of, of different people, everyone from family members to Alice Cooper. I mean, it's all across the board, um, you know, and each with their own understanding and their own connection with my father. I was just the other day. I I was on. I Franklin Graham and I are good friends, and I can't remember if it was his Facebook page or someone else's job. But there was a photograph um, taken of Billy Graham, and I believe it was in the early 1990s. Uh, your dad was there. Uh, Billy Graham, his wife Ruth, uh, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, and C.C. Winans. What an eclectic group of musicians there uh, at the at the at the home there in North Carolina. Yeah, sounds like a normal day at the Graham house, probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we have to wrap things up here, John, what do you hope people, when they go see this film, what do you hope they come away with? What's the takeaway? I hope that people walk away with feeling like they have a more uh, a closer personal relationship with my father, you know, and um, have a better understanding of themselves, hopefully, uh, through this relationship. And, and, you know, I mean, if, if you love the music, it's a good reason to go see this you know, uh, to go see this uh, film, and if if uh, you're more interested in my father's life and what he stood for, it's even, it's another good reason to go see it. I love it. Well, congratulations, John, and if you find yourself mm-hmm. in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, drop by KWAM and say howdy. All right. Thank you so much. Great All talking right. to you. Likewise. John Carter Cash, everybody. He is the son of Johnny Cash, and uh, there is a brand-new documentary coming out. Um, called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American. It'll be in theaters. It's a Fathom Events, uh, and you'll be able to watch that film December 5th, 6th, and 7th. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Now more than ever, it is so important that we fight for companies and support companies that share our values, and that's why we support Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative wireless carrier. Man, they're fighting for you every single day, and we just love those folks. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd is their website, and we would love for you to make the switch right now to Patriot Mobile. Get this. Use my promo code Todd. You're going to get free activation and a free gift. If you're a veteran first responder, they're going to give you a great discount. And more importantly, you're going to be supporting a conservative company, and they have great cell phone service. 972-PATRIOT. Write it down. 972-PATRIOT. Or go to PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Be sure to use my promo code Todd, and they're going to get you set up right away. All right, let's get to the phones here. Robin in Indiana wants to weigh in on Mark Levin. Hey, Robin, how are you today? Hi, Todd. I'm great. Thank you for uh, uh, that wonderful interview, too, with John Carcash. Um, I vehemently disagree with Mark Levin. I'm sick and tired of Mark Levin. I used to be a fan of his, as a matter of fact, during the Ukraine war and his calling us names, uh, Americans, for not wanting to keep funneling our tax dollars to uh, 
a proxy war of Ukraine and Russia, I throw every one of his books in the garbage. I wouldn't even give them to anybody. Is that well, Robin? What is it about again about Mark Levin? And he says, anybody, you know, all these these lawmakers who oppose McCarthy are boneheads. Uh, who do you like as as speaker? If it's not McCarthy, who do you like? Um, I like Andy Biggs. Um, um, I, I really do. I think Andy Biggs would really do something. I don't like Kevin McCarthy because of um, his affiliation with that goofy guy, and I'm not even going to say his name, Frank Luntz. But um, the stuff he said about Trump right after the, and he never stood up for anything during the January 6th lie. We know that there was some things that happened in January 6th, but it was not Republicans and it was not Donald Trump who caused that to happen. So Kevin McCarthy is wishy-washy. He went against Make America people during the midterms. And I'm telling you, somebody like Mark Levin, Kevin McCarthy, look what they're doing to the Republican Party. They're destroying us. Everything's upside down anymore. That TikTok commercial you just played, you know, a, a white person said something like that. Uh, we'd be canceled, all of it. So I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I like Andy Biggs. Um, I like Jim Jordan. I know he doesn't want it, but... Kevin McCarthy's got to go. He's a rhino. He's no better than McConnell. All right. Uh, Robin, we're going to leave it there. Good thoughts. Uh, appreciate you calling in. Uh, by the way, uh, the election denier himself, Hakeem Jeffries, was just elected as the new leader of House Democrats. So you can take that for what it is. I want to go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Honored to have with us the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and my friend, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Dr. Jeffress, how are you today? Great to be with you, Todd. Thank you. Oh, I saw this, and thank you for hopping on at the last minute. I I saw a tweet that you wrote just a few hours ago, and I thought, wow, this is powerful. Um, You say, in response to the disrespect for marriage bill, First Baptist Dallas will never cave to political correctness. That's right, and I think churches are going to have to choose whether they're going to do that or not. Look, Todd, make no mistake about it. This bill, when signed into law, will lead to the persecution of conservative churches, specifically the removal of their tax-exempt status if they do not sanction same-sex marriages. And the reason I can be so confident about that is it's happened before. In 1983, Bob Jones University had its tax-exempt status revoked by the IRS, and the Supreme Court upheld it in an 8-1 decision because Bob Jones spoke for uh, banning interracial marriage. Now, that's abominable. We all agree with that. But the point was, and this is what is key in the Supreme Court ruling, they said religious organizations do not enjoy First Amendment protection when they advocate policies that go against government interests for the common good such as ending racial discrimination. Forty years later, the government has now elevated sexual choice to the same thing as race, and they're going to use this new bill to go after churches that will not sanction same-sex marriage, and we're not going to cave into that. You know what I find very interesting, uh, Dr. Jeffers? When Senator Mike Lee introduced the amendment that would have specifically protected religious liberty, and it was very specific, it didn't have anything to do, it didn't touch on the issue of same-sex marriage, he was just wanting to protect religious liberty, and they shot that down. That, to me, spoke to the true nature of what this legislation is all about. 
Uh, that's right. And Todd, when people say, well, the bill contains those protections, then why did they shoot down Mike Lee's amendment and James Langford's amendment? They know exactly what they're doing. The so-called Respect for Marriage Act is a Trojan horse to, cons- to silence conservative churches. And we've got to realize what's going on. And by the way, they say, well, it would never happen with this Supreme Court. We won't always have this Supreme Court. That is why this is so dangerous. That's a fair point. And again, to just, what is it, yesterday or day before yesterday, I know that you guys have a beautiful Christmas uh, celebration at First Baptist Dallas. Uh, Preston Wood, your friend Jack Graham, has one as well. And uh, they were coming under fire for their Christmas production. And people, you know, I think the Houston Chronicle did a nasty hit piece. Uh, it's, it's amazing the attacks that are going to be directed at the church simply for being the church. Well, that's right. And again, we don't fear man. We're going to stand for right, but we need to get ready for battle because this was a warning shot that was fired yesterday. Oh, it sure was. And and they're going to be coming after everybody. And, and thank goodness there are great religious liberty law firms, but we may have to have a few more by the time it's all said and done, Dr. Jeffress. Well, that's right. And look, Todd, this puts 2024 into perspective why it's so important to get a president who will continue to appoint conservative Supreme Court justices, because justices change, opinions change. But thankfully, God's word never changes. And God's word speaks out against same-sex marriage. You know, uh, Pastor Jeffers, one of the things that really uh, caught my eye, we had Senator Lankford on earlier in the in the show and and I asked him about those twelve Republicans, and he told me who voted for this thing, and he told me that he believes there is a culture shift underway even within the Republican Party. Oh, I think that's true, and that's why I don't identify as a Republican because I think there is a shift going on, and we need to be uh, uh, aware of that. And look, Todd, this is not a minor issue. No society can survive that condones what God has condemned. And God has condemned in the Old Testament. Moses condemned same-sex marriage. He said, a man and a woman shall leave their fathers and mothers and cleave to one another. Jesus absolutely condemned same-sex marriage in Matthew 19, and Paul condemned it in Romans 1. It is one of the pillars of the Judeo-Christian faith that marriage is between one man and one woman. We've got about 30 seconds here. I think there are Republican leaders who are hedging a bet here. They don't think the Christians are going to go anywhere. Uh, do you think that will happen? I mean, if they abandon those well, culture all issues? I would say two words to them, Mitt Romney. We do have an alternative, and that is to stay at home. And I think there are going to be many Republican Christians who stay at home if we continue to get the Mitt Romneys into office and Rob Portman and others who uh, voted for this same-sex marriage bill. Wow, powerful stuff. All right, Dr. Jeffers, we're coming up on the end of the show here. Uh, Really, again, appreciate you uh, coming over to the last second here. Uh, Great stuff, as always. Thanks for having me, Todd. All right, Pastor Robert Jeffers, uh, I would encourage you to go check out. We've got a link to Dr. Jeffers and... uh, uh, and uh, the church's website and their ministries there at uh, First Baptist Dallas. All right, folks, it's been a jam-packed show uh, today. We're going to be looking again at the uh, the big race in Georgia uh, as we uh, as we wait and see what happens there. You know, a lot of people say eh, it doesn't really matter anymore. You know, the Democrats are in charge, yeah, but we need that Republican seat. Get out there and vote, ladies and gentlemen. Take advantage of early voting if you're out there in Georgia. All right, folks, be good, America. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the Todd Stern Show.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.